Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 301. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Arrow. And I've got Charles Anderson. Uh, Co-founder and uh, CEO of Arrow here is back to talk about what's going on with Arrow. So, Charles, how you doing, man? Good morning. Happy Halloween. Yeah, no kidding. It's scary, scary out there today. <laughs> do you have a, tell me, tell me you have a, a costume and you're going trick or treating. Well, don't tell me if you're going trick or treating, but do you have a costume? <laughs> <laughs> no, I do have a Michael Myers mask. I just kind of stand in the dark and jump out and scare people as they come through. But that'd be about it. But now, uh. My plan is to watch uh, Halloween on the garage door with my Michael Myers mask on. So we'll see how that goes. So that'll be uh, oh, nice. That'll be a fun Halloween trip there for everyone that comes through. I guess in my neighborhood, a lot of the, it's all over TikTok. A lot of kids are getting the the bush costumes where they they put oh, yeah. their bush and they they squat mm-hmm. down and someone walks by and they jump up and I don't know why that just that always makes me laugh. That is funny. Scaring people makes me laugh too. So. <laughs> <laughs> good times good times all right man what's been going on over at arrow man how, how's uh cloud store last time we talked cloud store was rolling out here we are yes uh now you got it you got it rolled out how things what's the reaction been so far so it is uh it is fascinating um and this is um, i'm very happy proud relieved to be where we are right now and you know a lot of my story i've, I've been doing this now for for 10 years and I spent eight of those 10 years helping to co-create and build a company called currency that is now owned by sandals, which is tractor house, truck paper, machinery trader. And we were the early partners of eBay. And it's like all of this math that we've been working on for a decade now and all of these optimizations and all this technology, everything has been in the service of how do you make it easy to buy equipment? And so when you, when you set out to accomplish a, a goal and accomplish a problem and it starts working, it's, I'd say, equal parts exciting and equal parts terrifying. Right. And so that's where we've been the last couple of months now. And I'm, I'm seeing the, the math continue to tick over. And we're getting a lot of inbound interest from dealers that are just asking for help. And this is probably the best use case 
uh, the best scenario that I can, um, I can describe it to. And we're very careful now which part, which customers and which partners we're working with to not overlap and intentionally create competitors. But people are asking us for help to generate leads for specific customers in specific markets that they don't have access to right now. And that's something that we can do really well because we started with the Aero product. And so we have all the data about the inventory, we have all the data about, about the margin, about the cost, about the, about the assets. You know, put your assets online, get them out there. And so now marrying that to the crazy amount of data that's online and the wild shift in buyer behavior where the customers want an easy way to buy. I've been saying that for 10 years and they finally want an easy way to buy. And the fact that we can pull the dealer and the customer together in a digital way, and we can do it in specific geographies for specific assets. It's so like exciting and terrifying at the same time. It's working. Mm-hmm. So that's actually one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today. I really wanted to just to, I don't know, turn the tables on, interview you a little bit and get your download sure. on like, what is the ideal buyer journey? Can we, can we do that? Sure. Let's do it. Nice. All right. So I've heard you say before, you have closed deals over text message. Very, very large multi-million dollar deals. Call it a mud transaction. Call it like a, a very mature uh, buyer who's going to buy lots of stuff. I think the deal you right. quoted before was like $22 million. So let's start with that that customer. Who is that customer? How does he or she buy? Why over text messages? Give me like the, the narrative, the soft stuff, as much as you can share without bre- breaching confidentiality. Who is that person? No, I, mean, I think, yeah. So I think in this particular instance, that we, we communicate a lot on text messages. The only time I really ever call on that deal, I mean, don't get me wrong, that leading up to that that text message of, you know, I'll take it with, with the clothes and all that, there were there were phone calls and office visits and those things all kind of laying that groundwork to start with. But ironing out the final details and those kind of things, the deal that, that was primarily done over a course of probably three or four or five days of just text messages and back and forth and, and what that looked like. <clears throat> My... You know, as you look at at how a lot of customers do anymore, I mean, there's a there's this high, you know, likelihood to to think that because a customer is a certain age, they don't want to do they don't want to talk to you or text message. You know, mm-hmm. in some cases that's true, some cases it's not. But more and more customers that I work with and my and that my sales team work with are really liking the idea of using text message because. The text message to me is a, it's an easy way to have a conversation with somebody because you can do, you can answer it immediately. I don't have to stop what I'm doing to talk on the phone. I can do, I can answer if I need to, or I can let it sit there. And then when I get it, when I'm stopped someplace, you know, I can, it's like a more convenient way to do email, I guess is the best way to put it. You know, yeah. in a lot, in a lot of ways, it's, you know, email to me, I don't, and I think a lot of customers I work with, they'd look at an email as, I get back to my email when I get back to my email. No big deal. Um, all the studies out there show that from a marketing perspective, if you send a text message out there, it's like 75% of the people open it. You send an email out and if you get 14% of the people to open that email, that's, you did a good job, you know? And so it just kind of shows you where, where it's at. And I think that communication via text message has, has grown, especially with, with the customer we're working with, because it's not, don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here telling you that I'm going to go step by step over text message and have that conversation with the customer from start to finish all over text message. But a big majority of that conversation is over text message. And it's uh, it's becoming more and more prevalent year over year over year, especially as we look at 
how many different directions people are being pulled and how much technology is playing into what they do for their day-to-day operation. Now, if you had to answer that same question from the buyer's perspective, not from your sales perspective, not from your perspective, why do you think that the buyer would prefer to text? Because they're voting with their time and their response rates that they would rather text than respond to an email. What What is it about texting from the buyer's point of view? Why they do that more often, you think? I think it's just a societal thing. I mean, I'd much rather me personally, Casey Seymour, just in my day-to-day life, I'd much rather text you than call you. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if I do call you, it's something important. You know, I really need to get an answer right away. Um, but it's it's the I think everything that we do anymore is is so text driven, text message driven that it's just more of a, a societal norm than it is out of convenience and I think anything else. I don't think I don't know that anyone can sit there and tell you that I just prefer using text message other than that's how I function in my everyday life outside of that with everything I do is text message. Is was there a tipping point? Because texting has been around for a long time, but I agree with you. All the math would suggest that texting is now and personally I'd much rather text than have another email to get to. Right. And I, I know Apple still hasn't really figured out a good like unread pinning system. It's still not great. If I have a message that I can't respond to right away, maybe that's part of why I respond so fast because I know it's lost if I don't get to it right away. But for our industry, for our uh, our, our growers, why do you think they have shifted specifically the texting in the last, what feels like last three to four years to me? Um, convenience. If I have one bar on my phone, I can still text you. If I have, I can't call you. <laughs> You know what I mean? True, um, true, true. Um, so that's I mean, some really of that. Probably, I, think, I mean, I, that's when I'm out in the country. I, I text because I don't have the reception that I have when I'm in town, right? So there's a lot of places where I can get a text message through that I can't get a call through. So I use that as as a as a way of communication. Um, I think it's a tangent, but have you seen? Have you has Starlink hit your neighborhoods yet? Start, Elon, no, not yet. SpaceX, yeah. internet thing? Not yet. Not yet. I, yeah, think, yeah, no, they're, I, think, they're I think you can get it. I can get it, but I don't I don't know that it's widely out there. But it's, it's still kind of expensive comparatively to what's what's around you. But sure. you get Starlink on your, your vehicle because that's the whole kind of the whole point of that. You know, you can drive around. That's and true. Internet, you know, so. So, you, so you, got, you got one bar, you can still text, but you can't call. I'd never thought about that. That's a really good point. Yeah. So that's, that's one reason I, I think that's there. Um, it's just, I mean, I just, I, I just think the convenience of having that conversation when you want to have it, it's still yep. at a high priority because it's a text message, but it's still at your convenience to whether you want to answer that call. You know, I think the worst thing ever created was the, the, the red notification on, on text messages. You know, like you send a guy a deal and it says red and then it's like nine, you know, that two days later you get a response or five or six hours later you get a response. You don't, yeah. it just leaves you kind of in limbo there a little bit as to what happened. So I, I turn yeah. mine off. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have that on my, on my text messages, but. Imagine how stressful it is if you're, I'm, I'm oh. happily married, but if I was dating, that would yeah. be, that'd be painful. Yeah. Yeah, you read. It? I know you got my text message. You read it. Well, you, you didn't like me. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to responding. So I mean, <laughs> I, I just think it's that other side of it too. It's that instant. Uh, 
you're having that conversation. You're still doing other things too while I'm texting. You know, when I text yeah. people and I'm in the middle of a conversation, I can do other things um, while I'm texting, you know, to you. So if you text me and I hit you back with my answer and I can go back to what I was doing and then, you know, where I'm on a phone, I can't do that either. So I think texting kind of gives that convenience of allowing me to have the conversation when I want to have it and to being able to control, um, you know, what, what information I give you when I give you and, and not have to feel like I got to get everything in. Now, don't get me wrong. There's times where I'm in a text message conversation. I'm like, it's just so much easier for me to call you. Yes. And let's just, let's just, so make sure nothing gets lost in translation. But at the same time, it's we're 15 or 20 texts deep into that conversation before I make that phone call. Yeah. And that call is probably significantly shorter Absolutely. Then it would have been had to have been the first part of the conversation. Is that yeah. It's usually like just so I understand what you're talking about. You're saying X. Right. Just so I understand. X, right. I don't want to I don't want to sit here and think I understand what you're saying. And then you're talking about something totally different than what I'm talking about. And we're never getting to the finish line. So now how about how about um I want to say, I was going to ask about emojis and, and GIFs and all those things, but what about just images, images and videos? Is that, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, why is our customer now preferring mobile, preferring texting? Is it because they can really easily snap a picture of, hey, this is broken, send it to the service manager and figure out sure. what's going on? That happens a lot. You know, hey, this is what's broke. And then the kid will be texting me like, I need a, a, you know, a widget on this still over here. And I'll say, I have yep. no idea what you're talking about shoot me a picture of it real quick and then they'll, they'll send me a picture and I can say, Oh, okay. So you're talking about this area here. So if they're not someplace where they can look up the part or look up the schematic, something like that, I can send it off to my parts guy or whoever. And they'll be, you know what? I know exactly what you're talking about. And then I've gotten parts guys that'll send me back a picture of that schematic and I can send that to the guy and he can look at it and say, yeah, it's this number 22. That's what I'm looking for. And go like that. So I mean, that, that helps a lot too, but, uh, but pictures like hours, you know, pictures of monitors, you know, um, yeah. all those kind of things where you can start looking at stuff. So much technology inside the machine that you can start looking at stuff from remotely and those kind of things. So it really helps open that door, that conversation up with the customer when you're looking at what they're doing and how they're doing and what they've sent you and had sent Because, you know, back in, when I first started doing this, you took a picture and then you had to, you know, email one picture at a time. So you'd have to, you know, might take 30 pictures, you right. take 30 emails to get that picture. I mean, now you take pictures right. of 30 things and you text all 30 of those things to, to whatever it is. I mean, as long as assuming that you got good cell coverage and everything else, but yeah, it's a, it's just come a long ways in the speed and transfer type of information from one person to the next. Yeah. No, it just, it feels like it's been a massive very gradual but now accelerating shift to, and I, I've had a good conversation about using FaceTime. Mm-hmm. And so curious, have you, as your team started using FaceTime, like when you get to those sort of moments, let me just jump on a video call with you real quick and show me what you're talking about. How, how often does that uh, happen? Ever? That happens. I don't see that more and more. I kind of think of face FaceTime and, and those various other, um, things that are out there that are similar to that. It's kind of like it's texting on steroids, right? Cause you're still, it's yeah. still a phone call, yeah. but you're just, you're sending a, uh, you know, you're showing me what you're talking about so I can see what you're, what you do. You know, I've, 
I've had conversations with international buyers where I've walked outside and walked around a machine on FaceTime so they could see what it looks like and running and show them all the belts and pulleys and, you know, all the smoke coming out of the stack and all this stuff, you know, live, you know, real time. That way it's more of a, they know what they're buying, I guess. You know, that, that is a really good point because in a way images eliminate the need for speaking the same language. For sure. Yeah, nothing gets lost in translation that way. Wow. All right, so staying on this theme of sticking with your buyer experience, let's say like the buyer's preferred journey. Uh, it was when we were first getting air off the ground and we were inside hundreds of dealerships, and hundreds of locations and interviewing end users and interviewing salespeople and managers. Something that I heard, was, I thought it was really, really fascinating. Now, Logan actually pointed this out. If you get one-on-one with a, with a grower, they say, I prefer to do a deal in person because I get a better deal. You get one one with the sales guy or gal. He or she says, I prefer to close a deal in person because I get a better deal. Both things can't be true. You both can't get a better deal if you're meeting in person. So where are things today with that? Is the perception if you go in person, you can get a better deal? Or is it just that you think you can get to a deal faster and easier? So me from just me buying personally and, and working that angle. Um, yes. I would, I would much rather do it text or email or whatever. Cause, cause not, cause at that point I can send out, I can find five or six of the things that I want and I can start moving that shell game around and playing all, all five or six of those, those games with those five or six different people. And yeah. uh, it's, it's requiring me zero zero effort to do that right i can i can I, you know if i did if i say i was buying a car and i went here in the town scott's bluff where i'm at and i wanted to go buy a car there's you know whatever there's three or four car lots in this town or whatever it is you know i'd have to go all three or four of those places and listen to the sales guy blah blah blah, blah. where now i can just i can email text whoever do whatever all four of those places at the same time assuming they got to four the same relatively close to the same thing that i'm looking for and i can start playing that game mm-hmm. with them individually until I'm ready to go make a deal happen. And then, and then I might go in there, but if we get to the thing I want to go to, I mean, I might just be like, I'm going to give you X for this machine. If you want this with this, if you go with that, text me back or not. And then if you don't, great. I can move on to the next one. And that's, it just speeds up the the time and effort that I've got to, you know, yeah, everyone has a limited amount of time. So yes, I, I don't want to go to the, I hate going to buying a car. It's the most frustrating thing. <laughs> Yeah, you know, because you, cause you, it, it takes you so long to. I mean, it's just like four hours of your life that you don't get back. You know, and for it, no for no value, like what do you gain yeah. from spending that four hours? Nothing. Nothing. You still end up with the Nothing. same car. Yeah, and it's still it's a four hour process. All right, so hard question. Then, do you think your your customers feel the same way about going into the dealership, or is it different? I think it's probably a, a 50 50 mix. You know, I think some guys, mm-hmm. um, I think it depends on who you're talking to. I mean, going, going to town and going to get parts and going to get those kind of things at the dealership have been a, a staple part of any farm for forever. Right. Um, yep. I don't know. Some of that stuff starts by them coming in and getting parts and then going in and going by the salesman's office and, 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 you know, chat or whatever and something comes in you know something comes up um but there's 
there is something, you know, say, hey, you know, I'm looking for, you get a lot of text messages and emails that say, hey, man, I'm looking for something like this. If you guys ever came across something, I'd, I'd be interested, right? Um, those, but that's, to me, that's a thing of the past. Uh, as, as more and more, really? the internet, internet's made it such a small that's place. A, if I'm looking for this, I can create, hold on, can you restate that? Because that is a bold, I share your point of view. I have not heard this many times. So I just want to make sure I heard that. Well, I just think, I mean, I don't know that like tomorrow's become obsolete, but I mean, over the course of time, uh-huh. if I'm, if I'm doing something, if I'm harvesting or if I'm planting seeds or something like that, or I'm just sitting at home and I, or, or in the office doing some things and it comes to me that I need to get a new nine shank ripper or something like that. I don't know why my first, um, my first call would be to my local dealership to see what they have, but at the same time, I'm also out scouting around to see what's out there. I mean, that's just, that's just part of it. So I think knowing what that looks like. How are you going to scout? I have a strong opinion on this. If you can't tell, but in that moment, you need new rippers. Is that what you said? Yeah. You're going to scout that asset, that product. How do you, how do you think that our customers are going to do that? I think the buyer is going to do that. Their first step. Well, I mean, I think they're going to go look at what they see on the internet and those kind of things. And I think, they're going to start weighing in. You know, the, the biggest yes. thing when it comes to anything on the internet is the cost of freight, right? That's that's a big thing. And it's getting to be a bigger deal now than it had been in the past. But I mean, yeah. if you're looking at a $350,000 combine and it costs you 5000 bucks to get it here, I mean, really, are you, what's the big deal, right? But when you're looking at a, a piece of tillage, you know, like a dripper or a disc or something like that, it might cost you. It might cost you ten thousand dollars to get it here, and you're buying a fifty thousand dollar whatever. So I mean, at that point, you're like, yeah, oh, I don't it's know, too much. I don't know, juice worth squeeze there type of thing. But I don't, I don't expect there, there, there is still a generational gap in my opinion when you look at um, mm-hmm. who's looking at the internet and who's not looking at the internet, and then how much are they playing that into that? I still think that that's a an older, younger generation thing um, that you're going to see there, but. I think at the end of the day, you know, if you have if you have that piece on the on the lot, you're going to sell. But I just, to me, being engaged with your customers enough to know what they're looking for and what they're not looking for, hundred percent, is that's really going to become a bigger deal. Really, when you're talking with them, you know, you're talking like, you know, first year comes around or whatever, you know, and hey, what does your wish list look like this year? If you could replace yeah. any five pieces on the farm, what would that be? And why? I mean, those those kind of questions and that kind of pre-planning is going to become a bigger part of the of the system because if I know I need something, and I'm going to go look for it. I'm going to be more. I'm going to be a little more proactive, and uh, I'm not going to wait for my whatever to come by. You know, if I don't, if I'm in passing, like, hey, you know, I'm interested in X. You know, if you got one, let me know. Or how hard would it be to find something like this? Those kind of conversations start coming up. Which more than likely that that customer probably already knows how hard it is to find yes. whatever it is that they're asking for. Yes, they've they've looked. Have a quick I mean, the internet, it's not that hard to find something. You can just do a Google search and find something. You don't even have to go to a specific website. Uh huh. I oh, I'm glad you got there. That's exactly what I was going to flag or ask about next. So in 2018, we launched a partnership with eBay Motors. Uh, eBay Motors is probably the world's largest aggregation of. Uh, used vehicles out there on the market, both commercial vehicles, so box truck, long haul trucks, tractor trailer stuff, and then also consumer cars. And so we had the benefit of hundreds of thousands of um, people looking to buy stuff and looking to buy cars, vehicles, and looking to finance them. 
which was our, our former business model. And I'll never forget that it happened in like 60 days. The traffic went from 80% desktop to 80% mobile. And it took me years to figure out what happened. And it turns out that eBay optimized their site for mobile. And what was happening before is people were going on mobile search and it was failing and then they were going to desktop. And so I wonder how much of what you're saying is tied to how easy it is to search what you're looking for over mobile. That was the whole point of that story. And so I was going to ask you that, like, do you think searching over mobile is step one where a lot of these people go when they realize they need a new ripper or is it a different experience? The first thing I do is call my local dealer and then I go to mobile or is it my first step is I do a mobile search? What do you think? Uh, I think it's mobile search first. That's, I mean, I'm, I'm talking for me, from my experience, if I'm in the, sure. going to buy a new vehicle or something like that, the first thing I don't call anybody. I'm on the internet looking as of what, where it's at, how much it costs, all those kind of things. And get a good feel for those things. And if I see one locally, then I'm, I kind I know what the market is, right? I can, I can walk in there as an educated consumer. Um, I think um, probably as you you start, you know, piece those things together. I mean, my podcast stats go up during plant season. They they start to track off a little bit down towards the. Uh, after planting season is done and they kind of start spiking back up as people start getting back in tractors for harvest and everything else. I mean, there's, you can see a double hump in my, just like any other industry, there's always a double hump in anything that you do. I mean, it's not right flat across the board. So I mean, it tells me that, that when people are, are working in a tractor somewhere and they're listening to my podcast, they're using the internet right now. And they could just have my phone yes. on Bluetooth and their phone on Bluetooth and just listen. And that's all they're doing. But I bet you if you look at any any of these websites that there's a spike during specific times of the year and they all coordinate around planting and harvest and all those other things will come into play. I'd say at downtime there won't be a spike there too, but you're monitoring monitors in the machine anymore, right? And you're yeah. you gotta pay attention to what's going on around you, but you still at the same time you can there's times to that you can that you can look at stuff and be, you know, diligent with your time. For sure. So interesting. I um in our next conversation, I really want to talk about financing and the financing process. And interest rates are sure. so much higher than they were a year ago or two years ago. Yep. And I, I think that how we approach financing is going to change. And I would love to get your point of view of that. Do, do you think leasing is going to come back with a vengeance? Do you think it's going to be more cash buyers? Do you think there's going to be less demand? Like, so I'd love to talk about that next that next time if we can, but Really sure. fascinating to hear you unpack how the buyers are moving towards texting, why they're moving towards texting, at least your point of view on how images and videos are now playing a crucial part and how easy it is to communicate that way. So I, I share your really share your point of view that the market is moving really fast towards a more agnostic whole goods purchase and a more nuanced parts and service experience that is more in-person and traditional. Yeah. Nope. I think so. That'd be great. And finance is going to play a big part in, in the way things functionally move forward, regardless of, of interest rates. This, this, that's going to be a bigger and a bigger part of, of how the flow of, of equipment happens for sure. By the way, did you have a good, I'm, I'm sure you did, but did you have an outstanding fiscal year? I know you just came to a close last week. Yeah. From deer. So yeah, we did. We did okay. Yeah, we had we had a good year. We made things 
you know, it's one of those years where <clears throat> odd year for everybody, I think, you know, for as limited as, as supply was and, and the, how hard it was to get things when you did. It was uh, it was amazing to see how strong the year finished up. And, and you know, kind of we said that all year long. You know, I was like, I can't believe we're doing what we're doing based around what we have. So I couldn't imagine what it had been like if we would have had everything when you needed to have it. So it would have been spectacularly awesome at that point. But we did good. You know, I can't I can't complain nice. about what we did. You know, so one of the best years we've had in a long time. Oh, cool! Congratulations on that. Yeah. Looking forward to looking forward to twenty three and see what happens there. So I think that'll be that'll be definitely be a a be a uh, I think twenty three will have be it'd be a great year, but I think it's going to come along with some struggles that we don't see today. So it'll be interesting, definitely interesting. So right on. Well, Charles, I know you've got a hard stop here, man. So yeah, folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what you're doing over there at Arrow and Clouds, or what's the best way to do that? Uh, text me. Let's try that. 619-957-4748. Shoot me right a text. On. We'd love to help. Give, a, give Charles a text and he'll get back to you. I promise that. So, <laughs> All right, Charles. Uh, I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast. And you can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at MovingIronPodcast.com. Information for the Moving Iron Summit will be up on Moving Iron uh, LLC.com here real quick. So you can check that out. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Charles Anderson. Let's go smart. Thank folks. you everybody. Out. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket. The next time you sell a piece of ag equipment to find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century.